Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name's Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James? Hey, everybody. This week we are in the middle of a uh, outbreak. Uh, our city is under lockdown. Um, violence in the streets, and also we're playing Resident Evil Three. But <laughs> um. Yeah, you. you may have heard that everybody is video games because stay inside. And we are video games too, uh, which is why we're reviewing a game that came out two days ago. Yes. Everybody staying inside with your video games? Dude, it's fucking classy shit. <laughs> yes, model citizens. Uh, yeah, today we're talking about Resident Evil 3, the new remake that just yes. dropped. Mm-hmm. Um yeah uh get ready for some hot takes <laughs> been hearing a lot of shit talking on the internet yeah i'm gonna address that yeah yeah we'll get to it but before we get too deep <laughs> into it as always this episode is brought to you by you you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show um you get extra content more stuff coming soon blah 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 get into we it got t-shirts we got t-shirts still you can buy a t-shirt um yeah and also as always we're a game club we tell you guys what we're gonna play next you can play along with us if you so choose you can jump in our discord and bullshit with us uh it's a good time yeah also jump in the discord because we're trying to get some games of resident evil resistance so we can review it so jump in the discord and we'll try to coordinate a time yeah if you have this game and you want to play it online with us uh we can make that happen (laughs) (laughs) at least the the week that this first airs because it might suck and i might never want to play it again (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but we are going to review the multiplayer component of the game for this week's zero brightness plus episode um Mm -hmm. so yeah especially patrons if you are interested to help us review and maybe contribute to our viewpoint on it um yeah jump in so resident evil 3 remake as we mentioned earlier there's been kind of an interesting conversation around this game and i think it parallels the conversation around the final fantasy 7 remake Mm. that is coming out in a few days um, some mm. people already have it because of some weirdness with shipping physical product, you know, right now. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that, so, you know, obviously this is following uh, last year's remake of Resident Evil 2. Uh, that also had kind of a weird discourse around it that we addressed in the first episode of this show. Um, I think a lot I of people... I think pe- it, was, it was generally more positive, though. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think people were sort of confused about the new elements and the old elements. People couldn't really Mm. decide if they felt the game was really retro or really fresh, but ultimately it was positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with this game is a much bigger departure from the source material, um, which interestingly hasn't, has almost made the discourse around it more negative. Um, it seems sure. like it's largely the same conversation, but people coming are coming down on the side of like, eh, you know? It's like really weird because when you think about the classic Resident Evil games, you usually don't think about Resident Evil 3. And it's 
a little bit of one of the black sheeps of the uh, of the series, and um, just all of a sudden, everybody fucking loves the original Resident Evil Three. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I had this later in the notes, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's just talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is the remake getting the hate that it's getting? And let me just summarize what that is too. Sure. Like what I'm seeing online people are saying stuff like where are all my favorite moments from Resident Evil 3 (laughs) or Resident Evil 3 is such a classic why would they change it so drastically Mm -hmm. stuff like that here's my problems with that number one people are fucking posers okay (laughs) like none of you motherfuckers actually like or play Resident Evil Mm -hmm. 3 you know like and okay side note I know that some people do love Resident (laughs) Evil 3 it's their favorite game in the series and they still play it I'm not talking about you you guys go on with your bad self. I'm talking about mainstream average gamers, mm-hmm. right? Like these are the people who I'm seeing commenting on big gaming news websites, this kind of stuff, yeah. right? And here's why I know they're full of shit. Because as a member of a very niche community that's obsessed with horror games that frequently goes back and plays old survival horror games that doesn't mind things like tank controls and shitty graphics and blah, blah, blah and actually likes that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like... Whenever I see these games come up in a conversation in those spaces, it's always either you tank controls or like, oh my God, can you believe how ugly these graphics are? Mm-hmm. And it's like, now y'all are suddenly like stands for Resident Evil 3. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? It, it is the gospel um, and you cannot change a word. Yeah. It's like the whole internet negativity thing where which is like the internet is just spurred on by negativity people want to hate on shit like that thing is now turning people into like weird cred goblins Mm -hmm. where like they want to have the most like credible take which is that like i've played the original and so i know that it's better than the new one well it's not just gamers with a z on the internet though it's media outlets too pc Mm -hmm. gamer calling you out you gave this game a fucking 58. It's nuts. You gave Man of Medan an 81. PC yes. Gamer. Man of Medan. Like, easily uh, one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. So forgettable. So stupid and asinine. No one's going to talk about that game in 10 years. Yeah. And that's like, dude, we explored that game. Yeah. Like each of us had to basically play it twice. Yeah. We tried it offline solo. We tried it online with multiple people. Monica was there playing it with mm-hmm. us. And and like Monica, who doesn't have the same like niche interest that we do, like was like, what the fuck is this? Why would anybody play right. this? And that's the thing is like, cause they were targeting that game at like everybody. Yeah. Like, like people who are hardcore gamers and people who don't play games because it's more like a movie and it was like it just sucked well the same and they think this game is like two letter grades above that the same people defending man of medan are shitting on resident evil 3 remake big picture we both like this game a lot i love this game the remake so if, if if you're here for the shit talking listen to a different episode we talk plenty shit yeah so well and here's another thing I feel like uh, Resident Evil 3 and Code Veronica, which are both games that I've completed multiple times, probably three times a piece, and that I enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, 
I always rank those games lower than like RE1, RE2, RE4 because they're an incomplete thought to me. Absolutely. Like, so my take on those games, and once again, this isn't to take away from the people who love those games or if that's your favorite one, like I'm not trying to shit on it. I like those games too. Like I said, I've probably played them each like three times a piece. And even recently, I think the last time I ran through RE3 in Code Veronica was like a couple years ago. Um, my take on them is that they're an incomplete thought because they were clearly trying to do something like Resident Evil 4 that was very cinematic and very action-packed, but the gameplay is still old school, The so it's sluggish. The writing and acting is still just like the first two, so it's like bad. Yeah. Um, and because they're trying to make it more action-y, it sort of loses the atmosphere of the original two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it's like, it's a weird mix. Like, I think that they come off as, like like I said, they just feel incomplete. They're not bad games, but they're the ones that I've returned to of the, like, classics in the series. They're the ones I've returned to the least. And the whole incomplete thought thing makes sense because it's widely and publicly known that the Resident Evil 3 development was extremely rushed. They were crunching hard to get it done. And they even added um, different modes to pad the product and make it feel bigger than it was, right? It had the mercenaries mode, blah, blah, blah. Um, This game still feels short. A lot of people are saying it's too short. Um, But to me, it just feels like a sort of packed, refined experience with very little filler. And it does come with the multiplayer mode, but at the same time, like it's a separate EXE, it's a separate download. I don't really consider that part of the package, you know? And I think this is a great little succinct little package, man. Resident Evil 3, it does the thing. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I think that, so here, here's another thing. I think that people who play video games, not just talking about gamers with a Z, um, also for anyone keeping score at home, whenever I'm talking about like people who play games who I think are annoying in our notes, I spell it G four M three R Z. That's, that's a little inside baseball mm-hmm. for, for anyone mm-hmm. who likes the show. Um, I think that like, uh, but no, I'm not just talking about those people. I think people who play games in general. We've talked about this before on the show and I'll say it again. They're obsessed with value per dollar to a degree that is unhealthy. Yes. Like, and this is saying, I mean, this is coming from someone who does not make a lot of money and who is very budget conscious. Mm-hmm. Like, I still feel like gamers are obsessed with value per dollar. And I think it's mostly because gaming is like such an insanely consumerist hobby. Totally. And like, people are expected to just follow and buy all the big releases. And in that sense, I almost I almost get it if I didn't think that that was so asinine. Because it's like, there's no fucking way that I'd be buying like $10, $60 games a year. That's sure. nuts. I probably buy two full price games a mm. year. Maybe three if it's a big year. You know? Yeah, and I don't know. It, it, it sucks to be burned on a $60 release. You know, you buy a game, it's really disappointing. That's like half of a hundred bucks is gone. Uh, that's yeah. how I felt when I bought Man of Medan for $30. Like, damn, I could have bought a nice meal, but instead I've bought this shit sandwich. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
there's something that we've harped on over and over on this show that horror games are too goddamn long. And yeah. this, I, I feel like six hours is the perfect length for a horror game. Um, I'm not yeah. saying that Resident Evil 2 remake was too long. We'll get into that more into the nitty gritty, but like six, seven hours for a horror game. Great. Maybe a little too long if the lab section at the end is too long, but uh, you know, it, it's supposed to be a popcorn flick of a game. It's not supposed to be something mm-hmm. that, you know, you grind on, you know, this is a weekend mm-hmm. game and they always have been. Yeah. So, you know, also I don't really consider this a $60 game because I'm a PC gamer and Steam keys are consistently 45 bucks across the internet. This is a $45 game. And it's totally worth the 45 bucks. For sure. Well, and this, so this kind of gets to a big point that I wanted to make, um, which is that I actually think the streamlining of this game and the fact that it's like so quick and efficient is probably the best thing about it. Mm. Um, and I, it, to me, it actually elevates it above Resident Evil 2. Um, the Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm. I mean, like Resident Evil 2 remake amazing game i love it you can go listen to our first episode if you want to hear me gush about it well we started a podcast because it was so cool right (laughs) exactly but the funny thing about that game is that if you play it in the way that i guess like old school players like us would view as the intended way to play it which is where you do like a b a b both characters Right. right you end up basically playing through the game four times and by the time you're done with that you kind of realize that like the game has a lot of filler mm-hmm. and that the that structure the like play as one character's a route and another character's b route just reveals like a how much filler there is and b how little difference there is between the two scenarios sure yeah there's like illogical things going on between scenarios right and it's like sure there's like some extra cutscenes and dialogue yeah. but they're not actually different really it's like like Leon talking to the injured police officer is not that much different than Claire talking right. to the injured police officer <laughs> in the beginning. Like it's almost the same cutscene, And so I like that this game just like dropped the bullshit and was mm. like, there's one scenario you get to play as two characters, but it's the same on every playthrough. And instead they first thing they did was that there is like hidden stuff to find. Um, it's really easy to miss like big marquee things like extra inventory upgrades. There's a whole weapon that both of us just straight up yep. miss. <laughs> um, there's like a ton of extra areas. There's a couple of one like really open section and another section that I'd also consider like someone open with a lot of secrets. Mm. Um, it's, it's a really cool structure and they also do something um, that I thought is neat where they added like a shop that's almost like an achievement shop so after you beat it once you can go back and as you do certain challenges or find achievements Mm -hmm. you get points to spend in a shop and so you can unlock like items and cheats and other stuff like that um which i think is an amazing thing like that really makes me want to jump back in and play it again which i like already wanted to do but now i actually have a reason to do it well and it's you know you heard it here first gamers ollie loves loot crates <laughs> no i don't i think this is a cool way to do that it's that idea but done in game yeah. and i think that's really cool and you can't spend real money on it yet i'm sure probably in a week it'll <laughs> unlock where it can be like you can buy everything in the shop but like 
it's not unreasonable. Like the point values and the challenges you have to do are not like unreasonable. And they're they're still you know classic unlocks too. Beat it on hard mode, you get Jill's old costume. You know stuff like that. So it's a mix of old yeah, and new. Exactly. But I just think that all those things, as well as how just balanced the whole game is, which we'll get into later, yeah. it actually makes to me it's a more attractive experience like i want to go back and replay it well okay i'm not going to agree with you that it's better than resident evil 2 remake resident evil 2 remake is better for me just because it's a more horror experience slower pace thicker atmosphere um it actually scared me this game did not scare me except for a couple jump scares um and yeah i i just i prefer the pace of resident evil 2 more there's more puzzles there's better puzzles um you know there's the big argument about you know mr x versus nemesis i think mr x is a little better we'll get into that later but yeah not gonna agree that it's as good as better than resident evil 2 remake but it's still really fucking good and everybody on the internet needs to just shut the fuck up (laughs) for sure i guess for me it's just like it was really weird to play this game because we've been doing this podcast for like over a year now and i've just been harping on the same bullshit which is just like (laughs) video games are full of shit and they're just full of time wasting Mm. bullshit and excess garbage and they're just trying to get you to waste your time and it's not fun and then this game comes out and it's free of all of that and it's super fun Mm. and i think it ups the horror a lot from the original game Mm. okay like, I don't think RE3 or Code Veronica are scary at right. all, even a little right. bit. And like like I said, I think they lose the atmosphere of 2, which is what made 2 really scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think like the fact that it manages to balance all of those ideas is just really awesome. And that's why, to me, it was just like a revelation where it's like, holy shit, like someone actually did all the shit that I've been complaining <laughs> about. This is fucking A crazy. Resident Evil revelation? Boom. <laughs> Exactly. So, I realized that right after yeah. I said it. I was like, oh no. Oh, no. Whoops. All right. So, I mean, yeah. this game is so, so similar to Resident Evil 2 Remake. They're they're even reusing assets. I mean, and, and the rumor is that it was being developed in tandem with Resident Evil 2 Remake. And it was supposed to be like a package, Resident Evil 2 and 3 together. Um. Mm. I guess that didn't work out because we got this plus resistance. Um, it is less content than Resident Evil 2, but at the same time, it's just it's just such a tight experience. I can you, I can appreciate the tight experience. I love that. Um, yeah, I think it just takes a different. I mean, they're both the same idea, mm-hmm. which is basically. Uh, I'm gonna average it out and say it's like an eight-hour game. Um, say like let's say it's like an eight hour game that you're meant to play multiple times Mm -hmm. i think i appreciate the way that three is trying to get the player to play it multiple times more than the way two was okay two it kind of felt like like i said it dangles in front of you that there's like all this content and then you play it and you're like i'm literally just playing the game over (laughs) and over well there was enough though like Resident Evil 2, we had the side characters, right? We had Ada and Sherry, and they had their own little scenarios. It's kind of like the Carlos one, but you get twice as much. 
The thing though is that those were the worst parts of the uh, game. That's going to be my next like, point. Yeah. So that, that's like this is this is what I keep thinking about. Like as I was playing the game, I kept thinking about this because I was like, anything that you could say Resident Evil Two had over this game were all of the <laughs> absolute worst. And like they're the worst parts of the game. And replaying them as many times as I did, like you really grew to hate them. Like the Sherry part. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. dude! Like. It was fine to do once, but even just doing it twice, I was like, fuck this. It should just be a cutscene, right? Half of that. The the whole hiding while the while the police chief looks for you. It should just be a fucking cutscene after the first time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and here's the thing too, is that like okay, so I mean just looking at comparing this game to the original game, um, there are things that they took out, like a lot of things that they took out. Mm-hmm. And there are things that did basically just get shortened to like a cutscene. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's like, to me, I think that's kind of where remakes are going. Like Resident Evil 2 remake is going to stand out as almost like a bridge between two eras because it's sort of faithful to the original, but it's also like a ground up remake. Well, think of the right? alligator boss fight. They turned that into basically yeah. a cutscene. You know, and that's kind of what yeah. the a lot of the nemesis encounters are like. Well, and what, I, what I'm thinking is that that's going to be more like the future of these mm. remakes. We're not going to get a lot more because game designers are trying to make stuff that's like fun and engaging. Mm-hmm. And I think they're realizing that, like, when you go back to these old PlayStation games, they're so slow sure and that's good sometimes in the case of like the first two resident evil games but in the third one it's actually like detracts from the experience and it's like we should just get through this thing that took an hour or two in 15 minutes like fuck it my question is though like when when does an encounter like that like the alligator fight right when does an encounter like that turn into something fun and engaging where's the line where it should just be a fucking cutscene? there's a part uh that you've seen in all the trailers in resident evil 3 where uh there's a building on fire and Nemesis is chasing you through it. You're basically just holding forward for three minutes. That's literally all you're doing is just holding forward. Should that be a cutscene or is that an engaging quick time event? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the, it's the same equivalence yeah. with the alligator fight, right? Exactly. Well, and I think that, that part of the game really benefits from having good direction. Like the stuff that happens in the cutscenes is so like viscerally scary and fucked up. Like Jill just getting her head grabbed by Nemesis and like, like walls exploding and all this shit that it's like loves throwing her by the head. Yeah. (laughs) That's a special move. Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's his R one. It's just like, I think the, the direction of those cutscenes is really good. It's like when I was watching it, I was actually like, Oh, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's once again, I think that the original game, the original series was always moving towards being this action movie thrill ride experience. Yeah. And I think this game fucking nails that. Mm. Like it has a lot of like die hard in its DNA. Oh, it's Michael Bay as fuck. It's not George Romero anymore. But it's also not in a cheesy dumb fuck way like Michael Bay. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Carlos might as well be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Let's be fucking real here. The first time you see Carlos, he's shooting a fucking giant rocket launcher. And you know that, you know, that it's par for the course, right? It's Resident Evil 3. But at the same time, that's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson as fuck. Let's be honest. For sure. But I just think that like 
the like I said, the direction, the way things are framed, the colors, everything like it looks good and it doesn't make me think of like shitty action movies. It makes me think of good action movies. Well, that that's one thing you brought up is the uh, the color. This game is so much more vibrant. Like not only is the pacing like cranked up like on caffeine, uh, the color is more vibrant. There's more visual effects like the screen shakes and it's like they took Resident Evil 2 and like tuned it for action. Yeah. But that's that's what I that's what I mean. Like I think good direction sells these parts more. And like in the original game, the original game just didn't have that. Like it's just cheesy. And so yeah. it's like you can enjoy you can enjoy the cheesiness in a nostalgic way or like you can like be into it or whatever, but like you can't deny that it reminds you of like something shitty, like a Michael Bay movie. Mm. Whereas like this game now reminds you of something cool, like a Chinese action movie or like John Wick or something. Okay, I guess the point I was originally trying to make before we started talking about action movies was that I think that as we see more video game remakes and reimaginings, this is going to be more what they are like because as creators and game designers go back to these original PlayStation games, they're going to realize that they were very, very flawed. Like, they were a very a very like compromised version of like the original vision. And so they're going to say like, how can we make something that's like better and more streamlined and more fun to play, right? And like, I think we're seeing the same discussion around Final Fantasy VII. Mm. And that's why I brought it up earlier because people are freaking out about the Final Fantasy VII remake and how it's gonna be different and how it's not gonna be the same and how like, the cutscenes are, or all, every trailer is spoilers because they're putting late game cutscenes earlier in the game. And like one big thing that people are speculating about and getting angry about is that a lot of the these like mid game flashbacks to Cloud's youth um, with Cloud, Tifa, and a character named Zack uh, are actually going to be in the remake, which only covers the early game, mm. right? And like. To me, when they first, when that first started kind of leaking out in the world, that idea, I was like, well, that's fucking genius. Mm -hmm. Cause like the fact that all this stuff just like randomly pops up after the first 10 hours of the game is like fucking stupid. (laughs) Like why would nobody ever be like, Hey Tifa, how do you know cloud for like hours? (laughs) Right? Like it's bad writing. It's bad plotting and it's bad direction. That's some Metal Gear Solid 2 shit. It's just bad, and so it's like, yeah, (laughs) if given another chance, that shit's going to get changed. Well, okay, so one thing that makes me wary about this is that it's a slippery slope. If, If the future of these remakes are going to be more like this, more action-oriented, I think we're going to get farther away from horror and more into third-person shooting, because at this game's core and Resident Evil 2 remakes core it's a third person over the shoulder shooter but Resident Evil 2 hangs on to enough of like the real like Night of the Living Dead style horror that it it, it still stays within horror you know and this one is like horror themed action it's action with a capital A and I I agree with that. That was kind of my problem with the with like Resident Evil right. Four. Yeah. That as good of a game as that is, it it moved away from horror. But 
it killed the genre essentially yeah sort of at some point we have to do an episode about that because i think that's an interesting topic it'll be our resident evil 4 episode (laughs) (laughs) i guess the point i'm trying to make though is that i think that these remakes like i think this remake and looking at the final fantasy 7 remake which i'm not even gonna fucking play because i don't have a playstation um Wow, that was a grandpa sentence. Uh, You'll play it next year when it comes out on PC. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think the point that I'm getting at is I like this style because it tries to get at the essential experience of the game. And I think the essential experience of Resident Evil 3 was it trying to be a tense action movie Mm -hmm. with a lot of horror elements. Mm -hmm. And this game, like I said, I actually think it has more horror in it than the original game. Sure. It is more scary and has more horror in it than the original sure. game. So I actually think it's like the opposite of Resident Evil 4. Hmm. Okay. And that's why I like it. You know, like I like them going back to these games and saying, okay, what is the essential experience that we are trying to communicate? And then giving you that, which is different. The other thing too, is that the original game still exists. Like all these people crying about them making changes to Final Fantasy 7 or Resident Evil 3. It's like, go fucking play the original. If you're such a fan... <laughs> You won't mind the graphics. You won't mind the controls. Like, that's the fucking game. You know what I mean? It's like, gamers are so hard to read. I just don't understand them. Because they're like, this is my favorite game, but I need an HD upgrade. It's like, if it's your fucking favorite game, you don't need an HD upgrade. (laughs) Like, if my favorite album is, like, some Japanther record, I'm not emailing Japanther. Like, please re-record in HD Pro Tools, like fucking um master of pigeons i really like this album but i would like it more if it was in hi-fi it's like no i hate it when bands re-record their songs yeah because they never have that that feel anymore you know they lose oh my the god feel. yeah like wire did that and gang of four did that and they're both awful in my opinion yeah um hilarious uh remember the band demu Borgir? yeah i called them demu burger yeah the symphonic black metal band mm-hmm. Like, what a lot of people didn't know, because they got really popular with their, like, horrible, like, major label albums, is that they actually had a really cool first album Mm -hmm. that was, like, just straight, like, second wave black metal, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, very good. Uh, And then at some point, they, like, re-recorded it to be, like, shitty and hi-fi, and it's horrible. (laughs) And the video that they made for, like, the single off of it is just the dude without a shirt on, like, pointing at the camera and nodding his head. And it's, like, so fucking bad and so funny. Another example of that is uh, when ZZ Top took all their albums from the 70s and remastered them in the 80s. Uh, they, oh, they ruined yeah. all their albums for a generation because the only yeah. copies you can find were the CD copies that were remastered. And so, like, yeah. Trace Ombrace was ruined by, like, 80s reverb on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> they fucked that it all horrible, up. Yeah. Yeah, that horrible gated sound. Yep. Oof. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so that's what I don't get. It's like... You want a remake to be different. I think if it's something from the GameCube PS2 era and they just upscale it for HD, that's chill. Like, mm-hmm. I loved that with the um, the Resident Evil 1 remake remaster, yeah. whatever the hell you want to call yeah. it. Uh, the recent Onimusha remaster. Like, I think that's great, but that's not what these games are. These games are total ground up rebuild. Totally. Yeah. Uh, another thing that people are really 
like on the fence about or polarized about, I guess more is, um, the new redesign of Jill Valentine. Personally, I think she's a total badass and she might just be my new waifu. But oh my God. a lot of people out there are like, oh, she's not feminine enough. Oh, she's such a B word, blah, blah, blah. And I just wow, don't really? get it. Yeah. Like, Holy Jill's, shit. Jill's clearly a fucking badass in this. Total action movie star, fuck you mentality. She's like yeah. Snake Plissken or some shit. And it's fucking awesome. She's seen yeah. some shit, clearly. Uh, and like the first person she meets in the game, Carlos. Is kind of he kind of has like a smug like bro attitude like of course women like me, and she yeah. just like gives him like shit about it immediately, and I love it. Like yeah, Jill is like super endearing in this game. Yeah, she's awesome. It's easily the best portrayal of her. It's a lot better than the original game. Totally. Um, I think the original game kind of has the same arc, but it's not explored or portrayed well because it seems like it's written by a 12-year-old, you know? <laughs> With his G.I. Joes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the writing is great. The characterization is great. Yeah, she's a total badass, and she's got these asshole, like, they're basically like Blackwater corporate soldiers yeah, yeah. Uh, who are, like, trying to be like, whatever, get out of here. <laughs> and then she's like, no, I've actually already survived one scenario of this, so fuck you. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. And even, like, literally, she keeps saying, like, fuck you yeah. to people. <laughs> and it's so cool. I love it. I do think the 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 writing is so head and shoulders above like Resident Evil 7. Um like yeah. when they're in conversation it just feels so natural. Like versus like something like Mia from RE7 which like yeah. really felt like a bad translation. Um mm-hmm. these these cutscenes and conversations feel so natural. And, like, I almost feel like the actors are ad-libbing or something. It's great. It's great stuff. Yeah. It's super good. And that's why I even feel like it's, like, that element alone just elevates it so far above, like, the original game. And once again, it's, like, if you look at what the original game was trying to do and then what this game achieves, I just can't help but be, like, really impressed. Yeah. uh, uh, Technically... Um, just the the characters they look incredible like it's almost uncanny valley in the cutscenes mm-hmm. um, and it's really interesting to think about because there's a there's a face model for each character a body model and then the voice actor slash motion capture actor or actress mm-hmm. so it's it's really like a composite of three people in every character which is really strange to think about yeah, well, and the motion cap- capture was actually the main thing I noticed right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's funny because this game opens with one short live action cutscene that's like <laughs> really bizarre. Uh, I love it. I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't understand like why it was there. I was like, <laughs> huh. But then it like transitions seamlessly into like a rendered cutscene. Mm. And. It's crazy because the reason that it's so seamless and the reason that all the rest of the cutscenes in the game look so good is like the motion capture is so good. It's incredible. Like, yeah. they move like real people. But then also, once again, this just keeps, co- I keep coming back to the direction thing. Like, mm. directing an action scene is hard. And there's a lot of nuts and bolts 
that go into it. And so it's not just good motion capture, it's like really good directing. Like a lot of the cutscenes and a lot of the like gameplay stuff, it's like it just looks really good because the direction is good. Yeah, so um, Jill and Carlos as our two pro tags, I'm all for them. I, I love the redesigns. Uh, you, it's funny, you can unlock uh, Carlos's uh, original haircut. And he looks like such a potato. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Carlos got, like, such a glow up because oh, they yeah. gave him some, like, they gave him his, like, ethnic hair and some mm-hmm. stubble, and he looks fucking great. And then you can go, yeah, you can switch him to the other one where he has, like, slicked back kind of blonde hair and he's clean shaven, and yeah, he goes full potato mode. <laughs> he's got the part down the middle, like, 1995. Yeah it's so lame and it's just like another just another example of like going back to the original game like that is super lame and like his voice in the original game is bad (laughs) like and and once again i can't help but conflate resident evil 3 and code veronica because they both just had these bad dorky males in them Mm -hmm. and then like jill or claire were just like so like wooden um Mm -hmm. and this game just totally just blows that out of the water like it just totally creates something new that's like so so good you know all i'm gonna say is that if if you did the resident evil 2 mod to put leon in a thong just wait okay oh, no. you ain't seen nothing yet jesus christ i quit <laughs> i'm announcing my retirement from video games even my girlfriend who isn't really like a super gamer she was like Oh, what's his name? He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> he is cute. Yeah. The, uh, Capcom has started this incredible tradition of just like making the most attractive virtual human beings possible. You know, first with yeah. Resident Evil 2 and then with this. I mean, the future looks bright, everyone. If, if you want to fall in <laughs> love with virtual human beings. That's true. I will say my one nitpick about the design, and it's probably mostly just because like Jill's like my favorite character from mm. the series, and I really liked the design, um, her design in the original re- or the RE one remake. Yeah, you know, um, I feel like with her and with Claire's redesign, they both kind of look like Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> to me. And I just feel like whoever is designing these or like picking the models or whatever, they just like really like Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of like hoping that if they continue to use these characters and make new games with them, that they just like age them up a bit. So they look a bit less like Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. just a personal thing. <laughs> yeah. I would argue that Jill is a bit more like Natalie Portman, I think. But yeah, uh, these are yeah. real um, model actors and actresses. They have like Instagrams and shit. It's actually yeah. like really cool to look them up after you play the game because they do look a bit different. I think they do change um, features in a minor way, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's just funny. It's it's And it's not like a, a thing I dislike or like I hate Jennifer Lawrence or something. It was just kind of distracting where I was like... <laughs> They just like why do they both just look so much like Jennifer Lawrence to me? <laughs> um, anyway, so and you know another thing, another change that has been kind of um, divisive that I've seen people uh, talking about on the internet is the fact that in this game they made the sacrifice of the really detailed gore stuff mm. in order to put more zombies on screen. Oh, you mean like uh, the dismemberment? Well, that's not just a visual thing, though, because in RE2, you could kneecap zombies. 
and shoot their legs off. You can still do that in this game. You can still, it works the same gameplay wise. It's just not as detailed in game, which once again, I think is to put more zombies on screen, just like the original game. The original game had a lot more zombies on screen than like RE2 for most of it. And also, we mentioned this in our little blip that I posted when we were discussing this game pre-release, but um, this game is much, much, much better optimized for people who don't have a monster graphics card. Mm, um, yeah, I have like a middle of the road graphics card. My computer is really good. Like it's a processing monster because I built it for Pro Tools and Premiere, so audio and video editing. But like the GPU is purely middle of the road because I didn't want to spend a lot of money. Um, and like this game ran amazingly and looked amazing. Like Mm, maybe the best combo of like performance and graphics I've ever gotten on my machine. Yeah. And so I totally get why, but it still works the same way. Gameplay wise, you can shoot them in the knee and knock them down and do all that same shit. Yeah. But so, okay. I've got this gameplay strategy, right? I, I shoot the zombies in the face a couple times. And when I, you know, recognize the animation of them falling over, I bum rush them with the knife and just knife them over and over. Stab, 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 stab. Like 15 stabs before they get back up. And once they start Uh like doing the animation to get back up, I back up and shoot them in the face a couple times. They're dead. But so in Resident Evil 2 Remake, when I did the stab, 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 they would turn into a pile of chunks. And I loved that. And so (laughs) I I really feel like something was lost in that translation. Um, Bring back the chunky boys. I'm the kind of person who would never do something like that because that sounds like too much work. Uh, (laughs) I also hate reading animations in games, Mm. uh, which I think is maybe why I had to stop playing Dark Souls (laughs) because that's just not, it's just stupid to me and not fun. And also I don't care about gore. Mm. So I thought it was a huge positive change. Like I thought it was like a seeing the forest for the trees kind of thing where it's like, this is a minor thing that makes the whole game better. So for me, I'm like thumbs up. Give me all the zombies and chunks. Why not both? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I get I get this complaint, but to me I was just like, "Oh hell no." Mm-hmm. Like and once again, it's a thing that I've seen parroted so much on the internet and I feel like it's people trying to be like cool hardcore gamers (laughs) or something and it's like i know all you motherfuckers don't have high-end gaming pcs i know that's such a small percentage of the population well uh, another thing they got rid of was the uh the ragdoll physics and then people are hurt over that too i mean it's a minor thing it just looks cool when you blow shit up not a big deal i felt like the parts in this game where there are a ton of enemies on screen were just so cool and fun and stressful and engaging that I felt like that was a much more worthwhile gameplay addition than any of the subtractions to make it happen. They did significantly nerf the knife. In Resident Evil 2, um, it was probably the most powerful weapon in certain scenarios, especially Mm -hmm. if you're playing on a monitor that could go over 60 frames a second because the knife damage was attributed to the frame rate. So if you're game, playing the game at 120 kilohertz, the knife would like do like crazy damage, and then oh really? Yeah, that's how speedrunners would beat the bosses so fast. They would just knife the shit out of them, like Weird. William Birkin. Yeah, uh, it's actually funny. Uh, there's a great video online. Um, the developers uh, watch a Resident Evil 2 speedrun and react to it, 
And it seems like they were kind of oblivious about like the biggest glitches in the game that speedrunners were exploiting. Super fun huh. watch. I I recommend it. Well, the thing too, I guess for anyone not doing some wacky fucking game genie shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> which like what? I don't even what? Dude, yeah, I knifed the shit out of everything in Resident Evil 2. Yeah, yeah, I dude. didn't. Yeah. Well, the point was that the the knife had limited uses and durability. Yeah, yeah. So it would break. In this game, they nerfed it and then they made it so it's a permanent item, mm-hmm. which I think was a great change. I think if you have played the old games and you are used to certain things about inventory management and strategy, it's just a lot easier and a lot more comfortable to have the knife as just like a standard weapon. Yeah, press down. I used it all the time. Uh, Jill does yeah. like a poke. And Carlos does like the slash, like in Resident Evil Two. Uh, Jill, yeah. Jill's poke feels wrong. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, you know, another. I guess we're talking about changes. A big change um, is just the general control scheme and the agility of your character. Mm. So, I mean, I'd say overall these characters feel more quick and agile. Yeah. Uh, which I really enjoyed, but it's also mostly because there is a dodge button. Yeah. yeah and like the dodge basically has its own set of mechanics that are super cool so when you're playing in normal gameplay it's mostly that you can sort of juke out of the way of zombies mm-hmm. um, and you can chain dodges you can basically do three and then you get winded and then there's there are invulnerability frames too so yeah. when you're fighting the nemesis, if if you nail, so there's invulnerability window, and then there's like a tight timing window, and if you nail the timing on that, you get like a bullet time event where time slows down, and Jill can like shoot him in the face three times or something. Yeah, it's called a perfect dodge. Yeah, um, it's super cool. It made the game more fun to me, like I said, because you just had like another way to get around zombies, which is it's been a series long problem of Mm -hmm. like how do you dodge around stuff re2 remake was a huge step in the right direction and this i think is even better um another thing i really like about it is it's not like broken like you it's not perfect and you still get caught by zombies a lot while you're trying to dodge around them Mm -hmm. um it's something that you can practice and get good at or you can ignore but i actually thought it was like super fun going into it i was worried that it would just make you like super cop as they keep calling you and you would never get hurt and you know this has clearly been adopted from action games too so yeah i think there's a bigger picture discussion about this about classically survival horror games have been putting the user at a disadvantage because they don't want you to feel like superhuman or super cop you know like the shitty fighting in silent hill you know that that was all always the excuse and even maybe that this could be part of the tank controls thing. But yeah, you do feel like a badass fucking special ops like commando for sure. Right. But here's the other thing is I think it's well balanced in the game because the game is harder and it continually throws obstacles at you that fuck with you like really bad. Yeah. And so I still never felt like I was like in charge yeah well another note on that is that only jill has the dodge uh carlos has like a force punch and then in the resident evil resistance multiplayer game each character has a different r1 special ability 
So after playing that, like I think of like Jill's special ability as the dodge. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, <laughs> totally. But like I felt like the game makes up for it by making there's more enemy variety. The enemies are all very difficult, and I felt like it's well tuned mm. so that t- unless you play the game over and over and over and get like super good at it, you're not gonna just like be plowing through the game especially your first playthrough like you're gonna get fucked up a lot i died a lot the 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 crowds of zombies are um just sometimes pretty impenetrable so Mm -hmm. yeah well let's talk a little bit about the enemies because i think it's like maybe my favorite part of the game Mm, Uh, i think like they took the enemies from the original game so it's got the same sort of like variety they added i think a couple things and but mostly they just like beefed everything up so enemies in the original game that were just kind of like normal like resident evil type shit are now like super crazy and awesome and are really well adapted for this gameplay style so we got zombies the zombies are the re2 zombies so they're still weird and unpredictable and Mm -hmm. cool and faster than you think they're always like creeping up on you you know for sure and then we have a uh, type of zombie that Nemesis takes over, and they basically have like face huggers from Alien on them. And yeah. uh, the face huggers can attack you from like really far away and mm-hmm. unpredictably. Um, we got the classic Resident Evil dogs. Um, we have hunt two types of hunters: uh, mm-hmm. Type Beta, which is the classic muscular boys, and yeah. the Type Gamma, which are these like slug-like sewer monsters. Yeah, and then there are the pale heads, which are zombies, but they're naked, and they absorb your fucking bullets, <laughs> and they suck, and I hate them. Please die. Well, so there's more. I've you know I've seen people also complain. There's more enemies that are hard to kill, or enemies that can like one hit kill you. Well, the hunter gamma can one hit kill you. Yeah, uh, all the hunter um, hunters can one hit kill you. The hunter betas will slash your fucking throat. And the gammas will just eat you alive. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the uh, that movie The Deadly Spawn that Francis York Morgan loves so much. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. I liked all these redesigns and changes because, once again, you have a fucking dodge now. Like, you can Dark Souls Mm -hmm. dodge out of the way. And so, personally, I really enjoyed any enemy that was, like, really aggressive or came at me more, like... The both types of hunters and um, some of the boss fights with Nemesis because like when they get in your face you can like Dark Souls dodge and then like counterattack or like play in your next move. Sure. And it's the first time playing a Resident Evil game that I kind of felt that like action intense like fun thing sure. that I feel like the series has been hinting at for so long. I think there are the only time I died in this game was to one-hit monsters. And I th- do think that's a little bit of bullshit. But, I mean, it's not really an issue. Like, one thing we didn't talk about is the saving in this game. This game auto-saves constantly. 
So yeah. if you die, you're not even going to go back to the last typewriter. You're probably just going to go back a few rooms. Uh, yeah. So like dying is really irrelevant, sort of, you know? Yeah. The only time that I like went further back and replayed sections like you would have had to in an old survival horror game was because I wanted to. Because yeah. I was like, this is a bad run. I've wasted too many bullets. I'm going to go back. Like, I loved it, you know? Well, my, my second point about the bigger enemies, like the Hunter Beta and Gamma, is that the game sets you up to have the right weapons at the right time, basically all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, I mean, right when you meet the Hunter Gammas in the sewer, it gives you a grenade launcher flame rounds, and it'll one-shot them, and it's yeah. so easy to kill them. The same thing right. with the uh, other Hunters. They just load you up with a shit ton of grenades before you have to deal with them, and the grenades one-hit them. So, I don't know. Yeah, totally. And also, like you can do stuff in slightly the wrong order. So like I actually ran into my first Hunter Gamma like right before I got the grenade launcher. <laughs> and so like I got killed by it, but it was a really cool moment. So here's another thing I like about this game. It really uses new tech to frame these monsters in a way that makes them super scary and like intense. So like I was running around the sewers. I didn't have the grenade launcher yet. And then I run into my first Hunter and he fucking emerges from a pipe in the darkness lit only by flashlight. And I was like, <laughs> what in God's name is that? And then he proceeded to eat me. Yeah. And then I, I was like, that was fucking cool. That was a horrifying, <laughs> intense moment that was not in the original game and couldn't have been done in the original game mm -hmm. in that way. Same with like ditto with the first time you meet a hunter beta actually, which is later. Mm -hmm. um, like, it was in a dark office that seemed abandoned. It kind of looked like a save room. Uh, <laughs> one cool thing this game does is that uh, not every room with a typewriter is a save room, just like any Resident Evil game. Yeah, but you got to hear the set, music. Yeah, they set up a lot of rooms to look like save rooms, but they don't have the save room music. Yeah. <laughs> so you like feel like you're safe. And then that dude fucking popped out at me. Once again, the power was off. He was lit only by a flashlight. Mm. I was like, oh my god and then i wasted so much ammo killing him and then carlos was like what the fuck was that and i was like my thoughts exactly my guy <laughs> shut up you beautiful bastard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh man it was just like such a good moment and yeah. it was so well done that i was like this is my shit yeah i really like those moments this game isn't like scary because of atmosphere this game is scary because of like very well orchestrated jump scares <laughs> well i would even say though that like those moments there is a lot of atmosphere like you're in the dark the lighting is really weird mm -hmm. and like high contrast yeah. it's super cool and it's like they pop out at you but it's not like boom you know there's a loud like sound effect and like a panel falls from the ceiling <laughs> or something it's like this dude just walks out at you and you're like that thing's fucking scary and looks like it takes a lot of bullets mm -hmm. yeah like and i like once again i feel like like just that whole hospital area is so much more horrifying and atmospheric than anything in the original game. Well, all right. Well, let's talk about the areas in this game because um, there is a lot of like really, really cool atmosphere, environmental storytelling. It feels so lived in at points. Okay. Spoiler warning. <laughs> For the rest of the episode, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
because you know it starts out with a very spoilery moment which i'm like really glad it wasn't spoiled for me so big spoiler one. Oh, same well thanks for coming by we were happy to host you for a bit but just you know from here on out you're in spoiler country boy you start out in jill's apartment and it's in first person like holy yeah. shit no one told me about this this is really cool uh-huh feels just like resident evil 7 you're looking around her apartment there are mementos um of like re1 like her beret is there she's got that classic stars picture that's been on in all the games since re1 mm-hmm. um you know you can look in her fridge she's got a magnet that's a green herb it's really cute yeah <laughs> and then yeah um so you're looking around in Jill's apartment wake up from a nightmare and uh you get a call from brad right and brad's like you need to get out of there something's coming for you and just immediately nemesis busts through the wall it's fucking attacking you three minutes into the game and it's like okay we just set the pace for this fucking game you know yeah just but i do love that it opened with this atmospheric first person section um shout out to the two crazy nightmare scenes that are in this game which are (laughs) fucking crazy and super scary once again not something that could have been done in the original game Mm. like just fucking baller i think it's hard to direct an action movie with static camera angles you know exactly and i mean that's like the big thing with these games and that's why like well okay i'll air out my hot take a week early okay (laughs) this is a preview of the dino crisis episode that i think dino crisis is better than resident evil 3 and code veronica because it's better tuned for that type of weird thing Hmm. which is doing like fast action combat with fixed camera angles Mm. but in general that's like bad that's just so weird (laughs) like that's just not a thing and so like yeah if you play the original resident evil 3 there's like the scenes where nemesis shows up and it's like quick run and then you're like running and it's like pausing to load the next camera angle it's like yeah no like (laughs) it just doesn't work so yeah this game just immediately throws you into the deep end of the pool and the pool is filled with boiling water since there's no like traditional tutorial the first few minutes of this game are very linear and very story based i mean you're you finally get away from Nemesis. You're running down the alley, and you bump, um, you bump into Brad, and he's like, "Hey, let's get out of town." And so, like, you're 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 brought through more, you know, like heavily directed cutscenes. You go through a uh, a warehouse, and you uh, bump into that guy from the original game. What was his name? Uh, Dario Rosso. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, you end up, you know, at the top of a parking garage trying to get picked up by a helicopter and the nemesis attacks you again blows up the helicopter blah 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 and uh you jump into a car just like uh ethan's car from resident evil 7 yeah and it's like what the fuck and it it, like it just keeps escalating escalating And and it climaxes with you driving that car hitting nemesis off of the parking garage and into the street below and that's yeah. really when the game starts, like as you yeah. land on the street. <laughs> and like, okay, let me say that the reason I keep harping on this game being a fucking radical and be like a very well-directed action movie is mm-hmm. because I don't really like action movies. Like I like all the 80s and early 90s classics, 
and like you know like i like paul verhoven and like stuff like that mm-hmm. but in general i'm not a big action movie guy but like i love john wick and like when i was watching the john wick movies every time something fucking cool would happen i would be like holy shit like out loud <laughs> and this game especially that whole early very linear cutscene part i every yeah. time something happened i was like literally out loud going holy shit yeah and like this is like me alone in my apartment at like 1230 on like Friday morning, <laughs> like 1230 AM Friday. And I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like the shit is good, dude. It's well-directed. The whole time Jill is just getting fucking pulverized too. Like mm-hmm. she's getting thrown by nemesis. This one part, he like picks her up by the head and like throws her into like a hallway that's on fire. And yeah. then, you know, that car accident from like three stories up, she like yeah. lands upside down. I'll just beat to shit crazy and then carlos bazooka's nemesis on the street and it's Uh like what the fuck man and so like basically you know that's the setup for the first third of the game is carlos bringing you to the subway shows you some survivors and they're trying to get out of the town uh, with the subway Mm -hmm. train and you're kind of left with this open world ish raccoon city that you can explore um basically any way you want um, with a couple traversal puzzles before you can get to the next part. Right. I think this whole Raccoon City area is like by far the best part of the game. And luckily for everyone, it's basically the demo for the game too. So if yeah. you really want to see the best part of this game, you can play the best part of it for free. <laughs> well, yeah. I So I really like this part. It's really awesome. The open world stuff is fun. There's a ton of zombies on the street, which, mm. you know, so there's some combat and traversal stuff. Um, the other thing that's great is that it reminds me a lot of Evil Within 2. Mm. Um, so the re- I've talked about this before. The reason I love Evil Within 2 so much is that it mixes it up where you have these super linear sections and then it'll open up and let you do an open world exploration section, then funnel you back into a linear section and kind of alternate like that. Yeah. Um, this game kind of does that and I think it's way better for it it's a much smaller game than evil within 2 obviously Mm, but it does it in like a micro kind of way like it has this part and then later the hospital part that i'm kind of viewing as the two sort of like open-ended parts sure but yeah the city is awesome the colors are beautiful it's really fun to run around and explore it's really tense i love just looking around it's just so packed with detail like all the storefronts, movie posters, you can go in a toy store and look at all the items. Um, there's a there's a pharmacy. It's just it's so impressive just as an environment that I love it. And it's also filled with references that I love. Like mm-hmm. uh in the toy store there's a bunch of Mega Man toys, but they're like the ugly nice. Mega Man from like the US cover art. Yeah, and the, you know, there's references to a ton, ton of Capcom games, even even like uh, obscure shit like Pirate Ship Higemaru. Yeah, in 1942 and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, totally. And it's definitely a little bit of like payoff or wish fulfillment for you know people who got glimpses of something like this in the original RE3 or in the short city sections of the original resident evil 2 and the remake yeah uh it's really fun to be able to just kind of run around and explore more of this please yeah dude evil within 2 i'm yeah. telling you I'm telling all gonna get y'all to it gonna get to gotta it gotta get to it so but it's great for yeah. for me this this part of the game is the best part of the game but it's bookended with one of my least favorite parts of the game 
uh, because right after this, uh, you know, you have to get the power on for to get the subway to work, and mm. the power station was a pretty a, annoying puzzle for me. It's filled with this new bad guy that are basically just like giant fleas, and they stick their tentacles down you th- your throat and poison you. Yeah, and I hate them. So it's gross and it's weird, but I actually really like this part. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, of course, it's a generator puzzle, right? Yeah. You got to flip three switches. <laughs> yeah. So I like this part because I think it shows how the new tech and gameplay can do horror really effectively. Like this part for me, was really tense. You're looking at the floor and the ceiling, trying to spot where these guys are. And whenever you go to start up a generator, like the camera pulls back and if so you can see if a dude's coming for you. Yeah. And like, it's so gross. They're bugs. They're big, nasty spiders. <laughs> and like, there's so many of them. I don't know. Like I died a couple times doing it, but once again, I, I liked it because it was difficult and I thought it had a great atmosphere and it was like pretty scary. It's very video gamey. And you know, I'm going to make a point this RE3 remake is a lot more video gamey than RE2. Um, sure. But yeah, it's basically a maze. It's a Pac-Man stage and fucking the, the fleas are the ghosts, right? You have to go yeah. like turn on the generator and you have to turn on all three generators and then turn it all on and they all fry. But yeah. um they keep regenerating and they can go through walls. Um so you're at the disadvantage. I don't know. It's just an, an annoying part and it's just like overtly like okay, this is a video game puzzle. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I like this part because of how tense it was cuz like you can't get caught at all. Yeah. Cuz every time you get caught, you have to use a green herb. Yeah, it sucks. And, uh, cause the, yeah, but like, I liked it. I mean, that's okay. So like in this game, you are more powerful and you are more agile, right? And I think that, like I said, I like this game's decision to correct for that by being like, you can't get hit even once. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, did load spam I like several that. times. Yeah. No. I like that design choice because I think otherwise it does turn into resident evil four. And I think that as much as someone who's being less generous could say, Oh, this is just like resident evil four. It's very different. Like it is way more horror oriented and it's way harder. I mean, resident evil four obviously depends on what difficulty you play it at and blah, blah, blah. But that's just a pure action game. Not much horror after the first couple of areas. And I don't think it's a very difficult game on the normal settings. Like, yeah. The most you're going to die and have to restart is from the stupid fucking QTEs. Like, this game is very different. It takes very seriously the fact that you are supposed to be at a disadvantage and you are supposed to be, like, using the dodge and using your weapons effectively and stuff. Mm. Yeah, and another thing is that um, while you're out on the streets, uh, eventually you're going to encounter the nemesis. And Mm -hmm. you can either run from him or fight him until he powers down. And another really video gamey thing is that if you, if you fight him and beat him a couple times, he'll drop item crates for you. And yeah. uh, you can get like pistol upgrades and stuff. Um, yeah. And right after the power station is another uh, one of those uh, opportunities to kick his ass and get an item drop. Yeah. Well, another thing too that I want to circle back to, because in our pre-release tiny discussion, mm-hmm. I was saying like, I don't I think the way that he shows up in the demo is weird and abrupt, 
Mm. And yeah. I don't think it's going to be like that in the game. And I was totally right. Because, like, he does kind of show up in the demo at almost the same point as he would show up in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you've had some time, some breathing room, and some time to explore, uh, when he shows up, I, for example, had already unlocked a shortcut that let me totally skip those big stairs that he yeah. shows up on. Yeah. So, like, he showed up once, killed me. I got reloaded right before he showed up, and I just ran over to my shortcut. Like, mm-hmm. he still spawned, and he still chased me, but I got away because I'd had some time to explore, and I, like, knew what was up. You yeah. Know? Well, okay, so another point of criticism from the internet, capital I, that this game has gotten is that the Mr. X fights aren't good enough. And so, you know, there's several scripted encounters where you're just running from them. Then there are two or three open world fights, like in the city, that you can either choose to fight him or run. And then there are the arena-like boss encounters. I think it's a good mix. Um, He doesn't overstay his welcome, which was something that I was worried about. Like, him constantly fucking stalking you through the city. And it's really not like that. No, uh, I, I feel like there's a good balance. I'll get into totally. my criticisms with the boss fights when we get to them, but um, I think the you know the open world city encounters are generally cooler. Yeah. Okay. So here, let me say a couple things about that. <laughs> Once again, that I'm so confused about. Okay. Because number one, I agree with what you said. I really like his place in the game. It's like a better version of what was in the original game. And once again, for all you people who supposedly have played the original game and it's your favorite fucking game and you have a little shrine to it in your bedroom in your parents' basement <laughs> or whatever, like Mr. X and Nemesis both did the same thing in the original RE2 and RE3, which is that they showed up at little scripted areas mm-hmm. and you either had an encounter with them and then at the end, like a boss fight, right? Right. Like in re2 they changed mr x so that he's a randomly moving randomly spawning kind of force that follows you the whole game um i thought that was cool the first playthrough and every other playthrough i thought it was annoying or it was bugged i said in the episode i had like a weird bugged playthrough where he never showed up and then one where he (laughs) showed up super aggressively uh and, and I have to say, too, I didn't encounter a single bug playing this game, which was cool. Um, mm. I had a zombie, like, shoot up a flight of stairs, but that's about it. <laughs> that sounds awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my RE2 playthrough, uh, my four fucking playthroughs of the RE2 remake were all, like, pretty buggy, actually. Really? Um, yeah. I mentioned, I talked about it a little bit in the episode, but... Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't as in love with Mr. X as the rest of the internet was, probably because mm. I wasn't downloading mods to either make him, like, horny or turn him <laughs> into Thomas the Tank Engine or whatever. Mr. X in a thong versus Leon in a thong? Are you kidding me? Pretty horny stuff. <laughs> I actually like the way they handle Nemesis in this game better because, like I said, it's very much like the original game, but I think it's done a bit better. Mm. He shows up at scripted times, <laughs> he'll chase you around, or you have to do a boss fight with him. We'll talk about the boss fights when we get there, but I, I liked them. Um, mm. And the big thing for me that I don't understand is that like I was reading reviews, like the Kotaku review was talking about how like he like stalks you every second of the game and he's so relentless. Who, and I Nemesis? was like yeah no (laughs) i know i was like did we play the same game because i felt like he's more just like a little bit of like hot sauce that they that they drizzled on the game Mm. 
I mean, and I liked it. He could pop up anywhere, and that does keep you on your toes in one way. But he's not constantly stalking you, you know. No. But in points where, like, man, uh, when you're running around the town and you know he's out looking for you, and you start hearing his footsteps behind you, like, don't, 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 don't. You're like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah. It's frightening. Totally. It's it's really cool, but see, I like like you said earlier, I was worried about him being too much in the game because it would get yeah. boring. Because like, here's my problem with Mister X in the RE2 remake. Once you are over the initial novelty of it, you're like, okay, I'm here. Look at my map. I'm gonna go here, complete this thing I want to complete, right? Mm-hmm. And you leave the save room to go do it, and you hear him, and your first thought isn't, oh no, I'm so scared. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? So you have to go back to your save room, look at your map again, and you're like, okay, what's the other route now that I have to take that's way longer? Like, mm. I get from a strategy and gameplay perspective that it's meant to like make the game more challenging, but it actually just made it kind of boring, and it felt mm. like a time waster. Okay, so at the end of this episode, before we conclude it, we have to talk about Mr. X versus Nemesis versus Jack from RE7 versus the Xenomorph from Alien Isolation. And we'll see okay. which one is the best constant stalker. Can we do like a March Madness kind of like graph <laughs> bracket. tier thing? Yeah, yeah bracket. That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, no, totally. But I just felt like he's really well integrated in this game. Yeah, I totally. like how he sits in the game. Yeah, it, it's it's scripted and cut sceney and, and not random really, but it he's still dynamic enough in those fights that it makes it interesting. Yeah. Totally. Moving forward, um, after all that, uh, you go into the sewer, and it's thankfully a short sewer section. I mean, your mileage may vary, but generally sewers are some of my less favorite environments to explore in. But it's it's really like a little piece of a sewer. And it's short, it's got one or two puzzles, it's got a new baddie, and then it's over, and it's great. I loved it because it was short. And I also, well, I like that moment with the Hunter Gamma that I described earlier. And also, if you will, please cast your memory back to Resident Evil 2 Remake with that stupid fucking chess piece puzzle in a sewer that meant you had to run around a sewer for so fucking long. (laughs) That was the worst part of the game. And I I believe it went on for approximately 100,000 hours. So, <laughs> well, at least it had a goddamn puzzle. Why did you, you know? did you like that puzzle? Do you want a puzzle? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I'm just, yeah. yeah, being a contrarian. I hated that puzzle, <laughs> James. Don't play with me about that puzzle. <laughs> well, so, you know, instead of the chess piece puzzle, we get a find the battery to put the battery in the door puzzle, yeah. which is super dumb and illogical. This is hilarious. I found this like personally hilarious because like, the impracticality of somebody like carrying around a giant battery (laughs) to open like two doors. And then one of the two doors that's battery powered, there's like a a gate that you can unlock five feet away. (laughs) So like, what's the point of this fucking giant battery powered door? I did love the, I totally conjured up the image of like before the outbreak, like a dude who just worked down there with like a fucking 20 pound battery on like a shitty little lanyard <laughs> hanging off his belt. Like, oh man, can't believe they took away our key cards and gave us these fucking batteries, dude. Speaking of uh, Resident Evil, there's notes in this game. And actually some of the notes you find in the sewer are kind of hilarious. Yeah. Because there is a bureaucratic letter you find explaining this new door system. Yeah. 
and it's kind of sarcastic or at least i read it as sarcastic because it's so stupid there's a lot of sarcastic notes in this game for sure yeah yeah um you find one exp- uh it's the scientist that uh made the hunter gammas and he's like talking about how like in love he is with these little creatures and it's written so sarcastically it's like this game is very tongue-in-cheek at points yeah i loved all those notes because then there's also like that's where you get the grenade launcher and it's like notes from the people who work down there like yeah man it sucks you just gotta like shoot these things well i found a uh, i found the receipt from kendo And he said, like, it was reflected in the price because it was kind of janky with reloading or something like that. Yeah, you know, the sewer's short and sweet. You end up going up a ladder back to the surface. And great jump scare. Nemesis grabs you by the head. Again. Throws you onto the street. (laughs) Yeah, again, this motherfucker. Oh, this is is generally considered, like, boss fight one. Okay. Um, It's that long cut scene basically where you have to run up to like the roof of a burning building yeah and fight nemesis and he's got a fucking flamethrower yeah this is kind of a good illustration of just like the forward motion of this game like it just keeps pushing you forward which is another thing that i like like 30 seconds ago you were in the sewer and now you're on the roof of a burning building yeah exactly (laughs) like i think that's something that's really underrated about this this game is that and, and that's also like a callback to the original, which is that instead of RE2 being this like an RE1 being like you're basically in a puzzle box kind of ornate kind of gothic building, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you are instead getting to see all of these different environments. You're like plowing through them and occasionally you get to slow down and explore. But it's all about that forward motion and getting to see new areas and a lot of different types of areas and types of enemies that's like the appeal of this game and that's also why it's like so different from resident evil 2 which is why on that level comparing it to resident evil 2 is kind of like why it's a very different game you know Mm, yeah well speaking of being very different games right after this fight you go to some areas from resident evil 2 Uh (laughs) um so after the fight you explore raccoon city a bit more and you're led to the front of kendo gun shop so uh you know since since the events in this game are before the events of resident evil 2 uh kendo's a little uh, in a little better spirits i guess he's not so desperate but apparently him and jill know each other it's just kind of a cool like fan wink to the fans moment you know yeah, what i mean totally and then you uh, you actually switch your perspective to Carlos as he goes through the police station from Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the same as Resident Evil 2. Um, you can't get to the East Wing, I believe. Like, all the doors are, like, barricaded shut. Yeah. But you, you explore the first, or, or the, the first, second, third floor of the West Wing of it. Yeah. Yep. So you get you get a little yeah. snapshot. You don't go everywhere, but there's also some cool connective stuff like in yes. Resident Evil 2 the wall between the locker room and uh one of the other hallways is destroyed and you get to like see how that happened. Carlos did it. Carlos did. Yeah. It, it also does a thing that like you remember the shitty thing prequel? Uh, um uh, no, I don't think so. Oh man, yeah, and like 2011 they did a prequel to the thing and it was also called the thing so it was confusing oh i totally missed that 
Yeah, so the events in that movie happened before the Kurt Russell one. Yeah. And you actually see how things happen. Like, oh, there's an axe in the wall. You can see, like, in the, in the Swedish base, you can actually see when that happened. Yeah. But, yeah, so so stuff like that happens. Like, you, you, there's, like, dead cops in the corner, and you can, like, see why that happened, which is really cool. Yeah, totally agree. I, I really liked. Yeah. I liked this section. I liked that it was just a little taste. Yeah. And plus, Carlos has a lot of bullets. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> Uh, when you're playing as Carlos, it's more action movie than playing with Jill because he's got an assault rifle and a million bullets. Yeah, totally. And it's it's funny how weak his assault rifle is. Super weak. Like zombies can take like 20 shots to the face before falling yeah. down, which is like kind of comical. Yeah. But I also think it's cool how like you get this section where you play as Carlos and you feel like kind of a badass. And then the next section that you play as him in the hospital, you're just like totally overpowered by everything. And you're like, fuck. After the police station, uh, you switch back to Jill for basically the nemesis fight number two. And nemesis fight number two and number three are like almost the exact same thing, which I kind of feel like is a cop out. And I don't really like these two fights. They, they they happen in like big arenas. And Nemesis runs around more like a beast. Like a dog on all fours or something. Okay, I totally said that he acts exactly like my cat, Clovis. Uh, <laughs> she's picked up this weird habit lately of like running around in circles on top of stuff in the exact mm. same way that he does in this game. Have you seen that uh, subreddit called Zoomies? No. Zoomies is basically just like animals like freaking out and running around in circles like having a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah, these, these, these this Resident Evil boss fight is Zoomies. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so let me say this. Um, boss fights in survival horror games still suck. I've said it a million times. <laughs> I will never stop saying that. Now, granted that, I liked these boss fights more than the boss fights in Resident Evil 2 Remake Hmm. and more than the average survival horror boss fight. Uh, My reasoning being that I think in RE2 Remake, they were too puzzly. Like, they were very specific puzzles that sometimes got a little too complicated for their own good. And I'd have to, like, try way too many times. I think in this one, the puzzle part of it is, like, pretty simple and satisfying and the actual like on the ground combat part is really fun like it feels so much like a dark souls boss or something because you can dodge out of the way and he's like really Mm. aggressive that i actually wish it would have just been like a dark souls boss where like he just has a ton of health and you can't get hit at all Mm. like i think that would have been a lot more fun i think the puzzly part is a little bit like corny or whatever but i i thought these were more fun than average it's not really a puzzle, but they tie it to a gimmick weapon. Uh, there's new mine mine grenades that like stick to the wall, and you basically have to. If you have a shit ton of mine grenades, the fight is like super easy. And yeah, so, I guess when I say puzzly, I just mean they're like Zelda bosses. Yeah, where it's like there's a solution to the boss. So when when you were talking about that, I was thinking of the Resident Evil Two boss when the second fight time you fight William Birkin. Uh-huh. And you have to hit him with the fucking box. Yeah. That was like the worst. Stupid as shit. But and like, yeah. William Birkin one boss fight was cool. 
and then I liked the Nemesis. Uh, the first time you fight Nemesis on the burning building, a lot more than these two arena like beast arena things. I I actually agree with that because that's a fight. That's what I'm describing. Where it's like I think the basic combat in this game is so good, and when he mm-hmm. turns into the the monster dog cat thing, like. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually really fun to fight on the ground because he's super aggressive and if you're good at the mm. dodge you have to just like keep dodging and you will fail yeah. and get hit and it's mm-hmm. like very tense because he just takes half your health and like I don't know I like that a lot and yeah I, I wish that they had just kept with just the like aggressive fighting side of it so once again boss fights and survival horror games still suck I think these are better <laughs> These are better than most and definitely better than the RE2. I think the bosses in RE2 remake are are trash. I hated all of them. Dang. Brutal. Well, okay. <laughs> so this part reminds me a lot of The Evil Within. And I actually there's several spots in this game that remind me a lot of The Evil Within. But it, it just drops you in the middle of a, a circular arena. And all around that diameter of the arena are just like bullets and health potions yeah so it's just like such an arena fight you know it just feels out of place yeah no i i agree with that i mean i think there is a way they could have done this a lot better um Mm -hmm. the first nemesis fight is definitely the coolest boss fight in the game i'll say that i didn't mind these parts so much compared to how i normally feel i mean they're over quick five minutes or less I mean, yeah. Yeah, I even I had to retry the first one a bunch because I like didn't get it immediately, and then I like once I got it and stopped sucking, I was like, oh yeah, this <laughs> is fine. And then the other, you do this like two more times or one more time, I can't remember. Um, yeah, and that's like it's they're really easy after that, and yeah, you might have to retry. Like I had to retry the last boss like once. Um, sure, yeah. but just to figure out the gimmick. Yeah, but I, I I don't know. I liked it because it at least used some of the like fighting mechanics and dodging mechanics in the game, uh, which is, once again, that's really my big criticism of... like I think in the old games, the bosses suck because you're at like such a disadvantage and like the combat's so clunky, but suddenly there's this really fast boss, you know? Right, right. Um, in the remakes or the newer games, I think the bosses generally like re2 remake and like re7 i would say they mostly sucked because they were pure gimmick like puzzle bosses where it's like it didn't actually use any of fighting or dodging mechanic it was literally just like figure out the solution execute the solution without dying um Mm. which i thought was bullshit and then in this (laughs) game it's still kind of like that but at least it incorporated some of the fighting and dodging mechanics which i appreciated well, I mean, it's no Galerian's boss. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> that high-level shit, dude. So Jill, of course, defeats the nemesis, but she gets a boo-boo. And so Carlos has to take her to the hospital. Uh-huh. And so this is the section, second like big section where you're playing as Carlos, uh, trying to get a vaccine for Jill. Mm-hmm. But, but it's behind some like bullshit sci-fi shit door. Which comes with like a hilarious one-liner from Carlos. Carlos yeah. is filled with these goddamn one-liners. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're actually funny. <laughs> funny in like an action movie, like "Welcome to Earth" kind of way. <laughs> yeah, love it, dude. <laughs> you gotta love that. Yeah, 
But yeah, you need to find like a tape recording of some doctor, which which puts you on a quest to go through like absolutely every room of this hospital. Right. Overrun by zombies and hunters. It's a pretty cool section. Um it doesn't feel as like lived in or as like thoroughly designed as the Raccoon City areas, but it's still got like cool vibes. Like there's a courtyard that kind of gives you like filtered blue light. And there's just kind of like a, like a sickly greenish tint to the whole hospital. Yeah. This is what I was... Pretty cool. Yeah, I love this part. I mentioned it earlier with like the introduction of the Hunter beta is really great mm-hmm. and super atmospheric. Um, there's a lot of zombies in here. So kind of managing the zombies and managing the hunters along with like the creepy vibes. The f- like they sort of use the, the liquor scare from the original Resident Evil 2 in mm. this game but with a hunter like you see one flash by you before yeah. you encounter it for the first time like yeah and it's just like it's a creepy like fucked up hospital it's yeah. uh it's great it's scary i it's, i really like it's it. a mini puzzle box you know yeah yeah it's like another mini open area which once again this is like the evil within two or even the evil within game structure where it's mm. like linear open linear 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 open linear you know and i i thought this was a really fun more open area so to make a long story short you give jill the vaccine and um lucky you you get to uh defend the room while a horde of zombies attacks the hospital and your buddy has to hack a door Uh uh-huh just like the evil within yeah oh my god (laughs) yeah definitely less annoying than the evil within uh, I still hated this part. Um, basically, there's like four windows, four or five windows with zombies pouring in. Um, there's a a couple generators in the room where you can shoot the generators and the zombies around them will be electrocuted and like frozen in place for a while. Yeah. And then after you kill maybe 20 zombies, a hunter shows up and then another hunter shows up. And it's 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 basically just like you managing your ammo, health, and... Uh, crowd control with the zombies i like this part i don't know maybe it's because i've played so much evil within and evil within 2 that i've just like got stockholm syndrome with this type of scenario now Mm. because i remember being a kid and playing goldeneye and i hated the part where you had to like defend her from all the or defend whoever from all the fucking dudes pouring (laughs) in like in the russian base but like yeah i think maybe evil within broke my brain but i like this kind of stuff now and mm. it's a short enough section. Like if this had multiple parts like this or the whole game was like this, I'd be like, fuck this. It got to me because I got to the end and Carlos was like, all right, it's over. Time to just clean up what's left. And then like the second hunter just like one shot slit my throat. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck you, man. And like the same thing happened another time. Oh shit. So yeah, the one shots hurt deeply on this part. I, I think I did this <laughs> on my first try. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe that's why you have more positive feelings about it. That is 100% why. If I had had to do that, like I said, if I had to do this again, I'd totally, I'd be with you. But yeah, once again, my, the evil within has like trained me or something where I'm just like, this is fine. Yeah. This is totally what a video game is. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, this one's so much more video gamey. Um, okay. So Jill wakes up from her, um, infection vaccine worked. And you know what that means? It's time to go to the laboratories. Yeah. Um, Before you do, um, you can actually uh, go through the hospital again and clean up all the stuff that Carlos couldn't get. Yeah. 
this is also where the magnum is uh we both missed the magnum during mm. our gameplays mm. so uh there's in in the first floor hallway there's a little hole that she can climb through to get to the magnum in the courtyard i missed it yeah i looked around for shit and i got a lot of shit as jill but yeah i totally missed that too you know i didn't miss it because you get so much ammo in this game like i went into like the final two bosses with so many grenade launcher rounds like that i would never use so i was set by this point yeah i think this i kind of seeing how much ammo they were giving me i decided to just like kind of be reckless and shoot what i wanted to shoot and uh yeah uh it's fun i liked it uh it's kind of fun (laughs) fun way to play a resident evil game well we'll change from the norm I do kind of like when the action stuff is more like put to the side, like the hunk thing. Like the hunk thing is cool and it's action packed. I don't know. I just miss the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah. But it's really, it's nitpicking over like a great game. I think the thing that, like I'm saying, I think that, and this is what makes me feel like people just did not play the original game. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the original game was much more action oriented and was much faster paced. And it felt just like Code Veronica is like, Mm. I think it, it you're getting little pieces and little sections that are atmospheric and you're getting a lot of stuff that just like kind of isn't maybe this is just my take on it and like people like super don't agree with me but <laughs> I'm also not wrong because it's my fucking mm-hmm. opinion sure. <laughs> as like you know someone who points their eyes at art frequently as a professional gamer <laughs> as, a, as a professional gamer which I did <laughs> Uh, declare the other day while eating a donut over the sink so you know i am for fucking real um god bless you like i i just feel like that is in this game you're still getting the sections that have the atmosphere and the sections that are really Mm -hmm. like cool and creepy and then you're getting a lot of sections that are more fast-paced and action-oriented then once again if you're trying to say that as a criticism of this game in comparison to the resident evil 2 remake you also have to criticize the original in comparison to the original Resident Evil 2. And it's mm-hmm. Code Veronica's even worse. Code Veronica has Wesker turning into fucking T2000 and flying around the room. <laughs> like, this is what I mean. And it has Steve, the shithead in the Hawaiian shirt with the twin yeah. Luger pistols. Like, I swear to God, people have not actually played these games. It's, I feel like I'm being <laughs> gaslit by the entire fucking internet. It is driving me crazy. It's exactly what's happening. Like code Veronica has so much in common with the last action hero. I swear <laughs> to God. It's just a, it's just like a riff on it. Like that's good. It's just, I, I feel like I'm, I'm losing my mind, but anyway, I like, <laughs> once again, playing this game, I was actually like, really satisfied and happy with how much atmosphere and horror was actually in the game. I feel like they injected it back Mm. into the game, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. So, okay. Jill's in this hospital. Guess what's in the basement of the hospital. It's an underground laboratory. (laughs) Oh my God. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I will say similar to the sewer before, I think this section is short enough that mm. I give it points. Well, okay. There's two parts. Before you get to the underground lab is an underground warehouse uh-huh. with a like shitty bullshit puzzle. Uh, there's a lift to get to the underground lab. 
and the fuse blows, of course. And you look at the fuse box, and it's like fuses from like a 1940s television. Uh-huh. Like wired up to this like state-of-the-art like elevator from a secret lab. Sure. Like, so, of course, you've got to scare, scour this warehouse, um, operating scissor lifts, making them go up and down. So you can find three generators in the area, grab grab the fuses and put them in that fuse box. All the while, like, fighting, like, zombies, zombie dogs, and maybe even a uh, a hunter gamma. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a mess. I hate this part. I didn't even write that in the notes. Like, I just talking about it, I realized that I really didn't like the underground warehouse at all. Um, I mean, it's really short. See, um, I got lost in it, and I oh, like ran really? around the whole place like twice. Oh, maybe really? that's maybe that's why. Yeah, I think yeah. this part was like ten minutes for me or something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I suck. My fault. <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying. I think this is the one part of the game that you could say is just like a bit of a time waster, like mm. uh, kind of like the sewer part in Resident Evil Two Remake with the chess piece puzzle, where it's like. There's no reason this is in here other than to extend the gameplay time and waste your time. Uh, I just breeze. It's not an interesting area. No, no. And it's made out of assets that feel like they came from like a toolkit. So it's like, okay, (laughs) metal rail number three attached to scissor list 12. No, that's, that's fair. And I think the one part of this that actually kind of got me was like, there's a part where a hunter gamma pops out at you and you cannot see it if you're looking in the wrong direction. Yeah. And he just yeah. fucking ate me. And I was like, where the fuck did mm. you come from? Yeah. So and, imagine getting two of the three fuses and being eaten by him uh, and starting over. That pissed me the fuck off. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I mean, I breezed through this part, so I don't, I'm not like too angry at it, but I definitely yeah. was like, this is literally just a time waster. And yeah. this is bullshit, and they probably should have just not put it in. It's also the introduction to the uh, pale head bad guy. And at first, I was like, "Oh, it's just a zombie," but like, man, he sure did take a lot of bullets to die. Uh-huh. And then only realizing later that um, if you don't shoot them over and over fast enough, they like self heal. Yeah, like the bullet holes will disappear. Yeah. So you just got to do like four shotgun blasts to the face to put these guys down. Yeah. I I like these guys. Um, I have a history of enjoying like in the RE1 remake with the red redheads or crimson heads. Yeah. Um, I like it when they put in these regenerating like super hard to kill zombies because mm. I think it increases the tension and makes the game harder. And in the next section, there's so many of them that you sometimes just get in really bad situations but to me that's like it's that's the fun of these games especially especially since your character is so much like quicker and yeah. and more agile they're like i want to be stuck in a crowd of really tough zombies and then have <laughs> to like juke my way out of it um yeah you quickly remember that you don't have to kill every bad guy and, exactly um, yeah in that room filled with uh pale heads yeah i just ended up like I'll knock one down with a shotgun blast and juke around the others, grab the item and GTFO, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. I wish the warehouse was like a 20 second area where they just introduced the pale head. Cause the way he like falls from the ceiling 
and then yeah, like, he falls from like a like a big storage rack yeah yeah and then like slowly gets up and yeah you're like oh that's a weird zombie why is it naked and you're like wait that's not a zombie that's something freaky uh <laughs> that was cool and then everything else was dumb yep yep so yeah going deeper into the lab pill heads everywhere zombies everywhere um very sciencey yep of course you've got a mix of vaccine because it's resident evil and um there's another boss fight and it's basically the same boss fight from earlier but you're in a more evil looking arena and every once in a while zombie friends will come help the last boss yeah, yeah and totally. it's so dumb uh it's like running around the arena the same way it did earlier but sometimes it'll like hide behind these big electric things and you could shoot it to shock it which i ended up like never doing and just defeated it the same way i defeated it previously oh really maybe that's why you hate it because if you do the electric thing it's like pretty easy well it wasn't hard i beat it the first try yeah it was just the same thing there you go yeah yeah (laughs) i feel the same way where it's like i wish it would have just been more of a straight combat thing like because it's totally set up to be that and would have been cool and it's not it's just so weird like why why does this fucking laboratory have like a glad gladiator arena like what the fuck is going on well, it's a disintegration tub, which they then disintegrate him with acid. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then you get to do the last fight, which once again, I I think it's the least I've hated a Resident Evil last boss. I thought <laughs> well, it was kind of fun. Um, if you didn't think Resident Evil was an anime, this will change your mind. Yeah. He basically turns into a giant room-sized uh, like slime beast and... You have to shoot him with a giant laser gun. Yeah, the rail gun, which is like four times the length of Jill. Yeah. And when she shoots it, like the concrete around her explodes like she's like Super Saiyan Goku Goku or some shit. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. an anime. It's, it's super anime, but I feel too. So like with the last boss of the RE2 remake, um, it was very cutscene-y and I felt like I wasn't mm. actually plain for the most part whereas like this one there is actually once again there's a gameplay component if you are if you've learned how to do the perfect dodge you can not get one hit killed (laughs) while you're doing some puzzle shit like you have to do some shooting like it uses the the dodging and combat mechanics in it even though it's like 30 percent cutscene i would argue that the like elevator fights in resident evil 2 are better than this though uh, I don't agree with that. Like when you're like lowering that train car and you have to fight like the giant blob. Yeah. From Resident Evil 2. That was cooler than this. This one you're just like shooting pustules and like pushing those big tubes into the wall so you can do the rail gun again. I mean, at least it's short. It's super short and then it's over. Yeah. I mean, that's the once again, with all this stuff that you can pause and, and sort of shit on. It all flies by pretty quick, which is the strength of this game. And that's why I think it's very replayable and I'm excited to jump back in and replay it. I do love that once he's dead, you can see the bullet holes in the wall from the rail gun. Oh, yeah. And it's just like red hot steel with like layers and layers of like the whole shot through yeah, it. Yeah, so cool. Like some like Evangelion shit or something. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and yeah, like I think this whole end section, which in most Resident Evil games would drag on for too long and be kind of a buzzkill, it flies by really fast, especially if you don't want to 
be super completionisty and explore and grab every item like even on a first try you could plow through this section if you didn't like it and that's why i'm excited to jump back in and replay it because i know mm. the end game isn't going to be some fucking two hour tacked on slog like it normally is <laughs> in a survival horror game i mean I'm, I'm you know like it actually is very exciting to me that i'll be able to go back and play it without dealing with that cough cough second half of silent hill 4 <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah silent hill 4 is a, such an offender in that regard you know yeah um, so yeah you know we didn't even talk about like the main human antagonist of this game yeah uh, nikolai he's just a bad guy commando essentially yeah and the game ends with like this standoff between nikolai and jill and you you have to like shoot nikolai and it's like kind of like a cut scene yeah but if you choose not to shoot him he kills carlos and then throws a knife into your head oh my god really <laughs> Yeah, it's like quick and super gruesome and it's like oh jill's dead now that's crazy so yeah but for some reason jill shoots him in the shoulder and carlos and jill fly off into the sunset in a helicopter and for some reason leave the maniac alive well he then gets like disintegrated you never know with resident <laughs> he may have turned t1000 and peaced out true i mean the other thing too is that like anyone who actually understands the sequence of events lore or plot of the resident evil games after this or claims to understand them is a fucking liar because it's such a mess it's such a hot mess yeah nope um but yeah i i think it's i really like the the ending section of this game because it just flies by and it's really action-packed and it doesn't lose the momentum like i said earlier the magic of this game is the forward motion the the crazy momentum it has and it doesn't lose it in the end like most survival horror games it never stops you dead in your tracks um you could argue that that one warehouse section is some bullshit but uh (laughs) i like how quick and to the point it is and that's what i really appreciate about this game could have a couple more puzzles could have one more open world puzzle box area that would be tight but yeah it does the thing and then it gets off stage you know yeah there's no there's no 45 minute local sets here exactly you know (laughs) oh it's it's rad and once again it's just so stunning how it it's like they heard all my fucking criticisms that I make of survival horror games all the time. And we're like, all right, here's a game, you know? <laughs> well, the lab's still there. So maybe next time they'll, they'll cut the lab out. Yeah. So you have this like bracket that you want to do. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Resident Evil three remake, uh, four stars. Anyways. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Mr. X versus nemesis versus Jack from Resident Evil seven versus the xenomorph from alien isolation okay mm-hmm. i would so i would break this up into two things mr x versus nemesis i feel i like mr x better i think first play mr x is better i think mm. repeat plays nemesis is going to hold up better really okay because like I said, I got super bored with Mr. X after my first playthrough. Even like my second B scenario, I was like, this is stupid and boring. It, my argument would be is that at least Mr. X is dynamic the entire time you have to fight him. While Nemesis, 
two-thirds of your interactions with them are very cutsceney. You know? Yeah. And then those, you know, the two arena fights are total bullshit. So at least Mr. X, and you know, Mr. X doesn't have any arena fights. You do fight him like on elevators and stuff like that, but it's it's more of a dynamic experience. You know, you want to hit, dodge, you want to heal. And the arena fights are just so video gamey. I'm sticking with my Mr. X choice on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Nemesis, like I said. And then I feel like Jack is a mix between the two. Um, yeah, Jack is better than both of them because he is. So a mix. you would argue Jack is the best of all three. Yeah, because Jack okay. is a mix. Like he has the the scripted stuff that's really good, and he has procedurally generated stuff that's really good, and he can scare you. He can be predictable and unpredictable. I think that's that's kind of like the the magic of it is he the scariest of the three yeah totally because he's so yeah. talky and weird yeah. yeah i hate him okay it's great. I, I i think i'm with you here yeah and then and then of course the xenomorph from alien isolation which is always dynamic and a constant threat through almost all of the game yeah i think that the xenomorph in a way is similar to Jack because it's a mix of things where like it can be ultra ultra surprising and scary and unpredictable mm-hmm. but as the game goes on it, he does get a little bit predictable um, yeah. I think that the xenomorph is not very effective as a scripted thing like there are a couple parts really late in the game that are scripted that like you have to deal with two xenomorphs you know yeah yeah and and they're super not scary or engaging so in a way it's almost like jack is better because he can like get you a man who can do both uh (laughs) like yeah jack Jack can be a good scripted cutscene enemy and a good procedural enemy but the xenomorph is like the perfect unpredictable only procedurally generated kind of enemy and and Jack doesn't persist through the entire game. And I think limiting him to a section makes it better. Yeah, totally. That's my big criticism of Mr. X is that like he's in too much of the game, so he's boring. Mm, interesting. That's like I said, I mean, it's just you know, it's the same you know what it felt like to me? Like remember when we were going back and playing these old games like Dino Crisis and Kuon, where there's like randomly like a chair in your way and you can't just step over the chair. <laughs> That's Mr. X. At a certain point, that's Mr. X. Goddamn. That's a good analogy. I like that. That's yeah. like exactly how I felt. And I felt like it was more of a magic trick. And it's also like it's an internet hype thing. People got so hyped for it that now it's just like it's canon that Mr. X is the best. And I was like, I don't X know. Give it to like, you. I played it. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I think his uh, infamy is warranted. Uh yeah, he he just really added a lot of tension to that experience. But uh but also the internet would not love him as much if they hadn't either A turned him in the Thomas the Tank engine or B given him visible butt cheeks. That is fact. <laughs> you cannot argue with that. That's not an opinion. That's fact. <laughs> Turn him into a sassy goose. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, Jack wins the uh, ultimate persistent antagonist of the horror genre congratulations jack (laughs) congratulations jack get you a man who can do both okay so here's like my thing this is actually a really good conversation to have an interesting point to bring up because i think that 
it also gets back to what I like so much about the RE3 remake, which is that it's so balanced. Like, all of the games we listed do some element better than the RE3 remake, but then they're, like, wildly unbalanced. Like, Mm. Alien Isolation just goes on for way too fucking long, so the power in the experience gets lost. Um, Yep. Resident Evil 2, I would kind of make the same argument about it, that, like, it goes on for too long, it doesn't actually have as much content as it seems to have, and the power of some of those things gets lost. And Resident Evil 7 just, like, slowly shits the bed over the course of its runtime. (laughs) And so it's like taken in isolation all of these things, uh, no pun intended god damn, um, taken in isolation all of these things are better than RE3 but the whole package of RE3 I think is better made, it's more balanced and I enjoyed it more. Mm. Well do you you include Resident Evil uh, Resistance as part of that package? I guess we'll find out next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I haven't played it, so I'm not talking about it. But yeah, yeah uh, zero minus plus. We'll figure it out. Yeah, find out Thursday. Yeah. All right. So game club. Fucking yeah. What? <laughs> We're finally doing Dino Crisis next week. I yeah. promise. Dino Crisis. And, and then the then cat lady. The cat lady. Mmm. With a very special guest. Very special guest. And then past that, I don't know. Pray. Prizzle 2017. <laughs> Pray 2017. Mm-hmm. We're finally doing it. You got to play it. It's long. Start now. You don't have anything <laughs> going on. No. I already told home. you. Everyone is video games because stay at home. Stay at home. Play Prizzle. <laughs> we'll see you next whistle. <laughs>